Hey, this is Trip Lanier, host of The New Man. You're about to hear the audio taken from a video that I created, and it'll make a lot more sense if you can see the visuals that go along with what you're hearing. You can watch all of the videos by visiting thenewmanpodcast.com. Hey there, I'm Trip Lanier. I've been coaching for over 10 years. I've spent thousands of hours coaching men all around the world. These are guys that want to break out of this kind of role, this rut that they've been in. They want to lean in. They want to do what they were put on this earth to do. They want to make great money doing what they uh, feel like they've been put on this earth to do. And I'm also host of the New Man podcast. You can find the New Man on iTunes, on Stitcher. Uh, Just go out there and search for the New Man. So today we're going to talk about drama, and I'm also going to tell you about the time that I wanted to have a three-way with two other women on my honeymoon. So drama, what are we talking about here? We're talking about a mindset that I see, guys, it doesn't matter if they're a regular Joe or if they're a multimillionaire Joe. Um, so many of us are trained to be in a certain mindset that drains us of our power. It, uh, it creates toxicity in our relationships, and it basically just has us play small in life. It has us show up small. I've just seen it just tear apart so many things that matter most to us. So we're going to be talking about the drama triangle, and this was developed by a guy named Stephen Cartman back in 1968. Let's dive in, and let's explore how this works. Ron, where are you? I'm in a glass case of emotion. First up is the victim. Poor me. Uh, Things aren't fair. Uh, this was rigged against me. The victims are complaining, they're blaming, they're criticizing, they're basically focused on everything that they don't want. So pay attention if you're, if you're talking to somebody or you're hearing somebody talk, what are they focused on? Listen for that. Are they focused on what they don't want versus what they do want? If they're focused on what they don't want, if they're criticizing, they're blaming, chances are they're in this victim mindset. It's a powerless place to be. The key thing about a victim in this, in this situation is that they believe that something outside of them is the reason for their discomfort. It's the reason for whatever's not going right in their life. And, and so this can be another person. It could be the government. It could be the weather. It could be that asteroid that's flying towards the earth. Um, it could even be their own choices when they see that they, they treat themselves as if they have no power over their own choices. And most of the time, these people are toxic they're resentful. They're a real pain in the ass to be around. Being in this mindset and, and having their focus on what they don't want uh, releases them from any responsibility to do anything about it. It releases them from any kind of risk or any kind of action to be taken. They get to stay safe in their little bubble where things aren't going right and, and blame the world for whatever's not going well for them. So here's something that I hear a lot from men. Listen to this next time you're talking to a buddy. He'll say something like, uh, oh man, my, my wife just won't let me do that. Now think about that. He set up a dynamic in his mind that his wife is the one that has power. His wife is the one that has authority over his choices. Now, chances are this guy's not getting laid either. Because I'm trying to imagine a woman that would want to have sex with a man who talks to her as if he's an eight-year-old boy. All right, so watch this language. The language is so key to helping identify this mindset that we have. That's the victim mindset. Let's move on to the second one, the persecutor, the villain. Well, when Maury told me what you were willing to do, I... Todd! Are you not aware that I get farty and bloated with a foamy latte? 
My mistake, Jacobville. So naturally, if there's a victim, then there must be a villain. This is the reason. This guy is the reason for the problem. This is the, the bad guy. It's all because of him. Well, we can also step into this role, too. Um, I've certainly done this where I need to puff myself up in order to be right. I need to try and control somebody's uh, what, what, what uh, somebody's thinking or saying or doing. That's, that's the indicator that we're in this persecutor role, that we're in this villain role when we're trying to control other people. Instead of just letting somebody else have their own opinion, instead of letting somebody else have their own actions, their own way of being, the persecutor, the villain, is going to seat upon himself to be the one that controls that and dictates that. For this guy, it's all about control. It's all about fear of losing control. When this guy feels threatened, he attacks, right? He may bring up something about the past. He may bring up something personal. He may bring up something to diminish the other person in order to retain control, in order to maintain this position of being able to dictate what the other person says, does, and thinks. That sounds terrible, right? It sounds like Darth Vader, but it shows up in really nuanced ways, especially when guys come to me and they say things like, hey, uh, what do I need to do so that my girlfriend goes to the gym? Or how do I get my girlfriend to start reading these books? How do I get my girlfriend to be different? How do I get my wife to do X, Y, and Z? Well, these are all positions of control. I'm trying to manipulate. I'm trying to control this person in my life instead of letting go of my attachment to how they are and letting them have their own life. So that's the villain. Let's move on to the third role, which is the rescuer. So if I'm a victim, I'm going to want to be rescued. I'm going to want something outside of myself to come and fix my problem for me. I'm not going to take responsibility for it. I'm, going, I'm expecting something else to come along and do it for me, whether it's the government or my partner or my job or the world at large. It's somebody else's job to make things better for me. Um, and I might just turn to simple things like TV or porn or food or other ways to numb this, that, that can be a form of, of being rescued too. Now, I can also play the role of rescuer, and that, that's really driven down to, I need people to save so that I feel better about myself. Uh, as the rescuer, I get to feel like I'm special because I swooped in and saved the day. But here's the deal, it's not really helping because it's not helping that person step into their own power. If I'm a rescuer and I'm identified as a rescuer, I need you to stay helpless in order for me to be okay. I need you to stay dependent upon me for me to be okay. So I want to be really clear there. It's okay to help people, but watch out. Watch out if there's a part of you that doesn't want this person to actually uh, step into their power. What if there's a part of you that wants this person to remain powerless so that you feel powerful? So there's the three roles, right? You've got the, the victim, you've got the villain or the persecutor, and you've got the rescuer. And there's no one role in this triangle that is better than the others. They're all rooted in fear. They're all rooted in some form of control or powerlessness. They, the roles swap around so easily. So here's a scenario. Uh, let's say you're playing the rescuer role. You're coming in, you're saving the day. You believe it's all up to you to solve this one person's problem. They're, they're playing the victim. You're going to take care of them. You're going to be the one that takes it on that their problem is your responsibility. 
After a while, you're going to feel overwhelmed and you begin to slip into the victim role. Oh, poor me. This other person's ruining my life with their problems. Why can't they just do their own thing? Blah, blah, blah. So the person who was previously the victim now becomes the persecutor, the one who's controlling you, and you've gone from being the rescuer into the victim. Now, resentment is building up, toxicity is building up, and you've decided you've had enough of this shit, so finally you lash out and attack this person who you've been taking care of, and now you're the bad guy, you're the villain, you're the persecutor. There's no winning here. It's always going to be draining. It's always going to be drama. Typically, when we're in this dynamic, we're always looking at who's to blame. We're always looking at the source of the problem. Well, it's you. No, it's you. Well, it's this. No, it's that. We're never taking the the time to switch and take an empowered position. So let's talk about that now. David Emerald's a guy who wrote a book called The Power of TED, and T-E-D is an acronym for The Empowerment Dynamic. I had David Emerald on the podcast a while back, and it's been one of the most popular shows, and it's, it's just got so much useful stuff. Be sure to go check that out. I'll put the link here in the description. Um, the Empowerment Dynamic is the healthy answer to the drama triangle. So how do we do that? We move from being a victim to the creator, and that means we shift our focus from who's to blame or what's the problem, or what's the outcome I don't want, into answering the question, what do I want? What's the outcome that I want to have happen, and what can I do about it? That's a creator mindset. Now let's talk about what you can do to move out of the persecutor, out of this villain kind of role, and into the challenger role. And what that means is that we let go of any attachment that we have to, this person has to be a certain way, or they need to think a certain way, or they need to feel a certain way. We let that go, and we ask ourselves, What's my real intention here? Am I trying to force something onto this person? Am I trying to prove that I'm right? Well, what happens when I let that go? Now I have an opportunity to see the other person who I may have seen as a victim before. Now I get to see them as a creator. And I can play a challenger role in a healthy way in their life. Instead of seeing them somebody that's powerless, I can say, well, what do you want? What action can you take? What's the thing that you can do to make this better? Now, they may not want to hear that, but it moves them closer to realizing that they have power for themselves. Okay, let's make the third shift, which is from rescuer to support or coach. David Emerald calls it the coach in the empowerment dynamic. So what does that mean? That means instead of seeing this person as powerless, instead of seeing the victim as powerless, we see them as a creator. We come from the place, we remind ourselves that, hey, this person's able to to take care of themselves. They don't really need me to solve their problem for them, but I can be helpful. I can lend a hand here and there, but it's not up to me to do it. And the way to make this shift in your own mind from rescuer to support or coach is to check yourself. What is your intention is to come back to, do I believe that this person is capable of solving their own problem? So I mentioned earlier that uh, there was one time where um, this showed up in my life. It's shown up in my life a lot. But this showed up on my honeymoon. Um, My wife and I had just gotten married. We were in Hawaii. We'd found a beach where we could be by ourselves, and we're sitting there on the beach. It's just an absolutely spectacular day. And these two beautiful, hot young ladies come down the beach, and they park their blanket not too far away from us. But, uh, you know, close enough where we could see they're in our field of view. And they, uh, one girl takes her top off and the other girl's like rubbing some lotion on her back. And 
my heart, my pulse just starts to race. I'm sitting there and I'm going, oh my God. And I feel this huge contraction. I, I felt this part of me. I started to I started to feel like a victim, like, oh my God, I'm stuck. I'm trapped. I'll never be able to have this kind of experience now because I'm married. And I started to look at my wife and be like, oh, she's the reason why I'm never going to have a awesome experience like why well, I can't just go over there and be with these girls because I'm sure they would love to have a penis in their party and and yeah my wife ooh, yeah she's terrible she she's the reason why uh, I'm stuck and I'm trapped and my life's ruined now that I'm married I started to just really spin out in this crazy place and so uh, I spoke up I told Allison I said look I gotta just tell you um, I'm freaking out right now I'm, I'm just off in my own world I'm watching these beautiful women uh, really enjoy themselves, like, and I'm spinning this story in my head that, like, I I can't go, I can't go be with these women. I can't go have this experience in my life now because I'm married to you, and my life's just basically gotten all small and boxed up, and you know I'm neutered, and 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 that's it, no more fun. And um, she didn't take the bait. She, the, the, she she replied beautifully. She didn't get into this place where she became the bad guy or the villain. What she said to me was. Um, you know, it's your choice. It's up to you what you want to do here. But it's, it, there will be consequences to that choice, but it's your choice. I'm not going to stand in the way of that. If that's what something you want to do, that is your choice. And it, it was like somebody dumped a, a bucket of ice water on my head. It, it just woke me up out of this powerless young place. I went from feeling like a little boy whose mom wouldn't let him go do something to, to realizing that I was an adult and I could make choices for myself. Once that opened up, once, once that kind of happened, I realized, wait a second, it is my choice. And I was reminded that there were consequences to my choice. The consequence of, of that happening would mean that Allison would be devastated. She'd be hurt. I didn't want that to happen. And it also meant that she'd leave. Like, she wouldn't just leave the beach. She'd be back on a plane. She'd be out of there. And I didn't want that to happen either. So it wasn't that she, she wasn't threatening me. She wasn't trying to control me, uh, have power over me. She just reminded me that, I get to make my own choices, and there were consequences of those choices, and that woke me up. That helped me see that I was the creator of the choices that uh, I make in my own life, that they weren't imposed upon me. So uh, I realized that I didn't want to hurt Allison. I realized that I really wanted to be in that marriage more than have sex with those girls, even though I really wanted to have sex with those girls. Um, and it, it just also helped me get my head out of my own ass, like as if those girls really wanted to be with me. But there was, this was a larger thing, as if my life had just somehow come to an end because I'd gotten married. Um, Allison didn't take the bait. She didn't become the villain. And she didn't allow me to be the victim either. So that's how you move from victim, persecutor, or rescuer into creator, challenger, or coach. I, I think that this is it's so important to get out of this drama triangle. It robs us of our energy. It, it creates huge amounts of toxicity. It breaks down relationships. And it really distracts us from having the lives and the businesses and the, and, and the relationships that we really want. So here's to you stepping out of this drama triangle and stepping into your power and creating that life that you truly want. Thanks for watching. If you want to take full advantage of all that The New Man has to offer, be sure to visit thenewmanpodcast.com and grab the solutions I've created to help you play a bigger game, align your profession with what you truly care about, and keep your relationships out of the ditch. It's all available at thenewmanpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.